Welcome to the teaching session of this service and we'll go straight into the word of God after I say a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we have this opportunity to minister to your people. I ask by the power of your spirit that you grant utterance that I speak as your oracle, that your word goes forth unhindered and causes life to be imparted into our hearts and light to be shed upon our steps that will receive instruction, correction, and the enablement to fulfill your will upon this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. First of all, let me just say thank you very much for allowing us into this, your private space, to minister God's word unto you. It's always an honor and privilege to be able to do this. Uh, today, we want to continue our discourse here honor the subject here of the subject of the mercy of God uh, and what we're speaking about. I want to get into something today. What, we, what we're speaking about is the fact that um, the world of commerce, the place where we labor with our hands, uh, we have in many ways reduced this into something that we have termed secular work. Uh, it's almost like work that is being done independent of God. Uh, the word secular actually connotes that, that it's separated from God and it's almost something that it's independent of God. And we have this theology whereby we believe that what we now do within the four walls of our religious centers are the things that are acceptable unto God. And that's where we offer up spiritual sacrifices unto him. And that what we do on the outside is just done in order for us to be able to offer spiritual sacrifice unto God. That concept of the gospel is completely erroneous. And it takes away from a person the substance of the life of that person whereby people cannot do things with all of their heart. And the majority of time people spend on this earth, they will do it with a consciousness that it's almost void of true service honor to God. And it's not correct. Right? The scripture speaks in the New Testament there. We saw this. It describes this kind of work as service that is rendered directly unto Jesus Christ. And that when we have this attitude to this kind of work, the propensity is that we're going to find uh, divine presence in that particular place. We're going to find an inclination of God towards us. And what we do in our hands, no matter where we start and how small it is, the trajectory of our lives will be upward and it will end up in a place where you will be very successful in life because out of what you're doing, God will extract massive opportunities and visitations onto you that will bring you into a place that will exceed anything that you have ever thought, even offered up to him in prayer. Or imagined. If we look at this in Colossians and chapter 3 and verse 22, it says, The servants obey in all things your masters. Now it's talking about the work that people do every day. That obey your masters, all right, according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers. Now we all understand what that is when people are doing things before the eyes of people because they think that their reward is in the hands of those people and therefore if those people have certain dispositions towards them then they're going to get promoted by those individuals so the things that they do they do before the eyes of those people as men pleasers just to get those people to be happy with them 
But he says, in singleness of heart as fearing the Lord. In other words, there's consistency in what you are doing. Absolute consistency in that which you are doing. Whether it's before the people or where the people are not present, you are consistent and you're, you are behaving in a certain way because you understand that you are being observed and looked upon by God himself in whom all things are naked and open to the eyes of whom we have to do. So he says that whatsoever you do, you do it heartily unto the Lord. It tells us whatsoever you are doing, whatsoever it is, do it heartily as unto the Lord with the whole of your heart. Even if your work is to clean gutters, do it with all of your heart. Because you are doing it as unto the Lord. In other words, if there is going to be no inspection of your work, you do it with excellence. You go the extra mile. Now, there's a reason why. For God is watching from heaven and is looking upon what you're doing. So if there's a small challenge and there's death somewhere and you could avoid that and continue your work, you understand that since your heart nudged you about that particular thing and effort will be made in that direction to remove that particular dirt, even if it might not be visible unto other people, because you are doing it this way as unto the Lord. And when you do your work and do it in a certain way, you are going to see the invisible hand of God in the process of executing that work. You will see the invisible hand of God in very practical ways. In other words, out of something that you did, that you thought that nobody else noticed, God will pick up on that thing and he is going to open up a massive door onto you in life as a result of the way and manner in which you've gone about that particular thing. He's telling you that you are rendering direct service unto Jesus. We'll say this. And that Jesus is not unrighteous. It is an unrighteous thing for you to forget the labor of love of somebody. So God is not unrighteous. He's a God of justice. And he looks at every detail that you have put into it. And he is going to reward you and do something within your life. So your whole attitude towards work, I want you to show this day, must completely change. In other words, you go out, the Bible says, whatever you are doing, right? Do it with all of your heart as unto the Lord. And then he says that with singleness there, as unto the Lord, not unto men, knowing that of the Lord, you shall receive the reward of the Lord, of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, whatsoever evil thing you do or bad thing you do, you shall also receive from him. And then he talks to masters also. That listen, go about your business and treat the people that work with you in a certain way, giving them that which is just and equal, for your master in heaven is looking at every single transaction that you make. Every single one. And he is observing it and saying, I will reward you 
according to the principles of equity and justice that you put to work in that which you are doing. So it tells us here we should do it as unto the Lord, serving Jesus. And when we are serving Jesus, which means we are rendering really service unto men. But Jesus says it's him. I mean, in the light of when he puts um, sheep on his right-hand side and said, you know, when I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. And they said, when did we do that? He said, when you did it to the least of my brethren, you did it unto me. So you are doing this out of compassion for humanity. In other words, I have compassion, all right, for humanity. I understand that this person I'm giving this product or service to may find themselves in a certain situation where they will have to depend upon my work and depend on the quality of work that I have put in and out of empathy and compassion for them, I don't want them to be put to shame during that particular period. So I'll put in the best with the spirit of excellence there. And God sees the service that you are rendering unto him in doing that particular thing. In other words, it's the act of compassion, the kindness, and the love you put into everything you do on this earth in terms of what we have called secular work, is rendering service unto other human beings, period. The person that sold this jacket did it because one day somebody else will put it on. The person who cleans the floor does that because he understands that one day somebody is going to make use of this and the cleanliness there will be helpful to that person as he makes use of this. The person who builds up and writes code understands that. When I'm doing this app that I'm building, one day somebody is going to make use of this. So everything we do on this earth that we consider to be secular is something either we're developing a product or rendering a service to people and people are going to be direct beneficiaries of that which we're doing. Now, when you serve Jesus there, it means that you have compassion for the people and therefore you are thinking about them. And you are doing it with a spirit of excellence to maximize the value the people will derive from it and really to make sure that even what they give materially, yes, you have made a profit, but what they have given materially in exchange for that product or service, the pleasure that it has brought into their hearts, or the value that it has given to that which they are doing, is much more than the material substance that they gave in exchange for that particular thing. So you are doing it with integrity. You are doing it with compassion. You are doing it there in a spirit of love and empathy for the people. That's what it's all about. So a person who is constructing a road is thinking about the people that are going to be driving over this road at a particular speed. He's thinking about their security. Now, that is service that he is rendering unto Jesus. 
Because understand that Jesus, that's what it means to serve the Lord. Jesus said, when you gave this cup of water to the least of my brethren, you are doing it to me. When you built that road, when you put parts into that car, and you put the most qualitative parts there, because you felt that somebody is going to depend upon these parts one day, doing it to that person is doing it directly to Jesus. And you are ministering unto people. That work you have done is as sacred as somebody who is within the four walls of a religious center and is doing something as unto the Lord in that place as he offers services unto people. Because every form of service we say that we do in the four walls of a church are things we are doing all right, unto people, ministering unto them. And so, when we also work in that secular thing, we are ministering. A medical doctor who is treating a person is thinking about the life of that person, is ministering also to that person through their skill and the knowledge that they have. Now it says, once it is done in that light, you, Jesus himself, will reward you. In other words, if you do a shoddy job, it says, Jesus, it says, I'm directly involved. Look, look at what he's saying here. I mean, look at what he's saying here. He's saying, but he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong that he has done. In other words, if you do wrong and do a shoddy job, Jesus said, you are doing it unto me. I'm going to reward you. So whether we even like it or not, or we know or not, God is in the center of the world of commerce. Right there. And he says, everything that is done there is done as unto me, whether you know it or not. But once we understand that, then our attitude to work changes. And therefore, we understand, one, that we are doing these things unto men, but, all right, by proxy here, we're doing it directly to Jesus Christ. And so we can go to Jesus and go to the Father boldly to ask for the reward for the service that we have rendered unto him. For God is a rewarder. Now, it now goes on to tell us what this reward will be. We've been saying this over the weeks. It doesn't hurt us to look at it again. It's the word of God. Psalm 123. Now, I want to show something that he will give you today. It says, Unto thee lift I my eyes, O that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, the eyes of servants look to the hand of their masters. That's why they do things to please them, eye service. The eyes of a maiden to the hand of a mistress, so our eyes wait upon thee. So what's waiting? Our eyes are waiting upon thee that you may show mercy unto us and the mercy will be recognized in that which we will see with our eyes. So our eyes are waiting upon thee until we receive mercy by reason of what we see. So in the course of that thing that you're doing, God is going to open up your eyes as his reward. One major dimension of reward 
is the opening up of your eyes to see things in that place that nobody else has seen and those things are massive doors that God is opening up unto you as he rewards you. And so you've got to be praying consistently unto him as you go about your duty so you don't get weary. In this particular way, offering up, that's why he says, sow unto righteousness. Seek the Lord. He says, sow in righteousness, reap in mercy. Seek the Lord until he comes and it rains upon you. So you are there praying and seeking the Lord. And even when people don't treat you right, don't hold any grudge against them because it's just simply helping you to refocus upon God. Look at what it says here in James. Now we understand this better. James, all right, chapter 5. Now, look at what it says. Go, you rich men, weep and howl, for your miseries shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is canker, the rust of them shall be witness against you. Look at what it says, verse 4. Hear this. Behold the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which you have kept by fraud. Crieth, and the cries of them have, that have reaped I entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. You have lived in pleasure. You've been wanting. You have nourished your heart as in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed the just. And he doth not resist you in the way in which you treated the people. Be patient, therefore. Who is he talking to? To the laborer who was defrauded. It says, be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. In other words, there is a reward of mercy that is coming into your life. Behold, the husbandman that waited for the precious fruit of the earth hath long patience until he receives the early and latter rain. Be patient, establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord draweth near. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. In other words, he says, don't hold a grudge against any person that may seem to have cheated you, that you put in everything you should put in. Don't miss this moment. There is the latter rain that is coming upon your life. Isaiah 49. I'm speaking to somebody in particular here. Isaiah 49. It tells us. And verse 4. It says. There was the prophet. Then I said. I labored in vain and spent my strength. For not. That's your attitude. When you are not adequately rewarded by people. But God says hold it. Stop saying that. Change it. For he said, he said, I spend my strength for naught and in vain. Yet surely my judgment is with the Lord and my work is with him. So please don't hold any grudge against any person. If you've experienced this, it's a divine setup. 
You worked with all of your heart. You put in the very soul of your being into it. You are overlooked. All right? You felt you were defrauded. Now, in the first place, your eyes should be upon the Lord that he may have mercy upon you. So all that has happened is God is saying the moment has come. I need you to take your eyes off the reward system of men and put it on me. Stop that grudge. Forgive that person. Let it go. Then look to me and I will reward your eyes. My mercy will come upon your eyes. You are going to see something that you've never seen before. So God wants to come in and reward you with his mercy. Now, so let's look at this mercy here. Uh, and the mercy of God is such a powerful and practical thing. And we've got to understand it quickly. I just want you to give an example here of somebody who obtained mercy. All right? Somebody who obtained mercy. Genesis chapter 24 verse 1. Now, something happened here. Abraham was old, well stricken in years. And he wanted to get a wife for his son Isaac. So he sent out his chief servant to go out and to go and, all right, Elysia, to go and get a wife for his son Isaac on certain definite conditions. And he said in verse 4, But thou shalt go to my country, to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And then the servant also said, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Should I bring your son back to the land where they were? And he warned him, said, No. This land is the land of... God hath promised me, bringing me out of my father's house. Now you must never leave this land. If the woman is not willing to come to this land, then leave her where she is. And then he went on. And he made that agreement with him. So in verse 10, the servant took ten camels of his master and departed. For all the goods of his master were in his hands, and arose and went to, unto the land of Mesopotamia, the city of Nahal. And he made the camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water. And the time of the evening, even the time that women should go and draw water. So he went to a time, was looking for a wife. He had been released and God and Abraham had prayed for him. But he did the right thing naturally. He went to the place where women come to draw water. And there was a condition that he put. And this is the condition that breeds miracles. It is your love for acts of kindness, which means your demonstration of kindness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.
Psalm 123. Now I want to show something that he will give you today. It says, Unto thee lift I my eyes, O that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, the eyes of servants look to the hand of their masters. That's why they do things to please them, eye service. The eyes of a maiden to the hand of a mistress, so our eyes wait upon thee. So what's waiting? Our eyes are waiting upon thee that you may show mercy unto us and the mercy will be recognized in that which we will see with our eyes. So our eyes are waiting upon thee until we receive mercy by reason of what we see. So in the course of that thing that you are doing, God is going to open up your eyes as his reward. One major dimension of reward is the opening up of your eyes to see things in that place that nobody else has seen and those things are massive doors that God is opening up unto you as he rewards you. And so you've got to be praying consistently unto him. As you go about your duty so you don't get weary. In this particular way, offering up, that's why he says, so unto righteousness. Seek the Lord. He says, so in righteousness, reap in mercy. Seek the Lord until he comes and it rains upon you. So you are there praying and seeking the Lord. And even when people don't treat you right, don't hold any grudge against them because it's just simply helping you to refocus upon God. Look at what it says here in James. Now we understand this better. James, all right, chapter 5. Now, look at what it says. Go, you rich men, weep and howl, for your miseries shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is canker, the rust of them shall be witness against you. Look at what it says, verse 4. Hear this. Behold the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which you have kept by fraud. Crieth, and the cries of them have, that have reaped I entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. You have lived in pleasure. You've been wanting. You have nourished your heart as in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed the just. And he doth not resist you in the way in which you treated the people. Be patient, therefore. Who is he talking to? To the laborer who was defrauded. It says, be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. In other words, there is a reward of mercy that is coming into your life. Behold, the husbandman that waited for the precious fruit of the earth hath long patience until he receives the early and latter rain. Be patient, establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord draweth near. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. In other words, he says, don't hold a grudge against any person that may seem to have cheated you, 
that you put in everything you should put in. Don't miss this moment. There is the latter rain that is coming upon your life. Isaiah 49. I'm speaking to somebody in particular here. Isaiah 49. It tells us. And verse 4. It says, There was the prophet. Then I said, I labored in vain and spent my strength for naught. That's your attitude. When you are not adequately rewarded by people. But God says, hold it. Stop saying that. Change it. For he said, he said, I spend my strength for naught and in vain. Yet surely my judgment is with the Lord and my work is with him. So please don't hold any grudge against any person. If you've experienced this, it's a divine setup. You walked with all of your heart. You put in the very soul of your being into it. You are overlooked. All right? You felt you were defrauded. Now, in the first place, your eyes should be upon the Lord that he may have mercy upon you. So all that has happened is God is saying the moment has come. I need you to take your eyes off the reward system of men and put it on me. Stop that grudge. Forgive that person. Let it go. Then look to me and I will reward your eyes. My mercy will come upon your eyes. You are going to see something that you've never seen before. So God wants to come in and reward you with his mercy. Now, so let's look at this mercy here. Uh, and the mercy of God is such a powerful and practical thing. And we've got to understand it. Quickly, I just want you to give an example here of somebody who obtained mercy. Alright? Somebody who obtained mercy. Genesis chapter 24 verse 1. Now, something happened here. Abraham was old, well stricken in years. And he wanted to get a wife for his son Isaac. So he sent out his chief servant to go out. And to go on, all right, Elysia, to go and get a wife for his son Isaac on certain definite conditions. And he said in verse 4, But thou shalt go to my country, to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And then the servant also said, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Should I bring your son back to the land where they were? And he warned him, said, No. This land is the land of... God hath promised me, bringing me out of my father's house. Now you must never leave this land. If the woman is not willing to come to this land, then leave her where she is. And then he went on. And he made that agreement with him. So in verse 10, the servant took ten camels of his master and departed. For all the goods of his master were in his hands, and arose, and went to, unto the land of Mesopotamia, the city of Nahal. And he made the camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water. And the time of the evening, even the time that women should go and draw water. So he went to a time, was looking for a wife. He had been released and God and Abraham had prayed for him. 
But he did the right thing naturally. He went to the place where women come to draw water. And there was a condition that he put. And this is the condition that breeds miracles. It is your love for acts of kindness, which means your demonstration of kindness. When you are kind in your dealings with people, in that field in which you labor, which means you are thoughtful about people, you are compassionate, there is empathy. You consider the people that you are giving this product and service to. And you are not doing it out of selfishness. But you consider those people. This is where the miracle lies. This is where the growth lies. That's why Joseph, as he was working with competence, it was an act of kindness that he showed to the chief butler that actually, because he wasn't part of his own line of duty, so look at them and say, why are you so cast down? He, he, this, this, is, this means that he, he was interacting with people with compassion. Now, this is the secret to it. Which means do it with all of your heart means put your soul into what you're doing. Put empathy and love into what you're doing. God in heaven will reward you. So it says this. Now look at what the servant said. And he said, Let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, I let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink, and she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camels to drink also. Let the same be she that, has, that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, thereby I shall know that thou hast shown kindness to my master. What was he looking for in that woman? An attribute called kindness, which means went an extra mile and did something sacrificial. What he asked for was, listen, this was condition, just give me water to drink. And whoever, after I've given water, considers the animals, that's the camels. He said, that's the kind of person we want to bring into the lineage of Abraham. That's the kind of person that will promote wealth. We've got to think deeply about this. That's the kind, that's the quality that we're looking for. And so it's about these acts of kindness. So what happened on? It came to pass that as he was done speaking, behold, Rebecca came out. So immediately Rebecca just showed up. And she was the right person. Was born to Bethuel, the son of Malka, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon a virgin and never had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled the pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hasted. I laid down the pitcher, and when she had given him to drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also. 
until they have done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher. So she did that out of kindness for all the camels. And the man wondering at her held his peace to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or, more, or not. Because there was still one more condition. She had to come from the house that Abraham was talking about and be willing also to come. So the first stage had been passed. So he was observing. And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took the gold ring and gave her that. And said, Whose daughter art thou, I pray thee? Is there room in their father's house for us to lodge in? And she said, I'm the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Mil Milcah, uh, and, and which, which she bear unto Nahor. She said, Moreover, we have straw provender enough and room to lodge in. The man bowed his head and worshipped the Lord. Conditions fulfilled. And he said, Blessed be the Lord of my master Abraham, who has not left destitute my master of his mercy. That's the point. And truth. I being in the way, my Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. In other words, he says, what just happened here was a manifestation of God's mercy. All the drama that happened here was the manifestation of God's mercy. In other words, the divine coincidence, Rebecca coming out, Rebecca demonstrating kindness. So it's just like somebody says the effect of mercy, we could say, let's say somebody was driving, their car broke down, and it was night time, and then somebody just came out. All right, from that particular village, let's assume it's a village with the exact same type of car model, and this is some remote village somewhere. And when he comes out, he parks, says, What's the problem? He says, Where's my car? Oh, he said, We have the jack here, fixes everything. And you ask that person what happened, he says, Well, you know, I decided to go, I just decided about an hour ago to turn in here because you know there was a relative of mine, and you see that God's hand. Now, this is says when you start doing your work in a certain way in that place, the hand of God, uh, the quote and unquote, the Rebecca's will show up by chance, but as programmed by the mercy of God, which is your reward. A divine relationship is formed in that place as a reward of mercy. Divine connections are made. Now you hold a conversation with the chap, you exchange cards. Only for you to discover later on that there was something you were pursuing in your business that that person actually, all right, is connected directly to that thing and you aren't even thinking that the person has raised it in a conversation and then you see the hand of god that you mean this flat tire was all designed for all this and you leave that place saying god i have obtained your mercy this day he says don't worry about it that facility is granted unto you and you are almost in tears that i was almost complaining about the flat tire that where are you god and all of this happened. That's the mercy of God that shows up. It says to you that in the course of you doing your work in wherever you are, if you do it in a certain way with all of your heart as unto the Lord, it says you will have this kind of encounters. This is what we're saying. As the mercy of God is bestowed upon you as a reward for your labor. So the problem really is our attitude to work. I wrote this here. Because of our estimate of the value 
of what we are doing. People are slothful about work because they think that it's only based on the value of their work is the salary they're going to earn from somebody. So you place them in a place where nothing seems to be working. It's not a rich organization. They don't have connections. And they look at it and they treat that work with disdain. Because somebody else has said, what is this among so many and hist? And said, what are you doing there? He said, well, I just open doors for people. Now, but if you do it, I said this, I went to eat somewhere in Lagos and I was with an old friend who is a ranking person in an oil company in this city. A ranking person who can decide to employ people and build a career for them in that industry. And while we're there chatting and we're eating, and this happened maybe about 10 years ago, He said, uh, the, the waiter came up and he was cheerful and was doing it and attention to detail. And at the end, I said, I like this guy's spirit. I was there talking about him. So I said, what's your edu uh, um, educational background? What are the qualifications here? He was a graduate. And he wasn't disgruntled. I mean, how much money were they paying him? He wasn't disgruntled about the way. The spirit to which he was doing that particular thing was, was with the whole of his heart. So I turned to this friend of mine who had, you know, said to me that, you know, you know, I've been trying, knew that, been trying to say, what well, can I, if there's anything you need, you know, and I said, all right, you know what, can, can you help me do something? I said, what? I said, this chap, if there's ever an opening in your organization, can you help me employ this person? He said, no problem. He brought the card out, gave that person, here's the number you should call, and said, what's your own card? Now, there's no way in the world he would have had that kind of relationship formed if it was running around, but in that particular place, because we both decided to come and eat there, and it so happened, he would have left that place and said, I obtained mercy in this place. And God stretched out his hand to meet with me in this place. Now we are saying, if you do your work in a certain way, these are the kinds of encounters you will have repeatedly that will open up doors for you. And you'll move from one level of glory to another level of glory. And it tells you your reward will be that eternal inheritance. So what happens is, Romans chapter 9 and verse 16, that says, It's not of him that runneth, of him that willeth, but of God that showeth mercy. So this person who had been making phone calls to try to get his tire gets flat. He meets with somebody in some remote village. And that is the person that opens up the door for the facility he had been looking for. You know what he's going to say? He'll say it's not of him that runneth or of him that willeth, but it's of God that showeth mercy. But that thing that happened to him did not come from the blue. It came because that person one day in some minute way in the course of his duty, demonstrated to somebody else who was in need a fraction of what they just obtained. That's what you need to know. I said, that encounter did not come from the blue. That favor he found did not come from the blue. It came as a result of something that that person, for the Bible says, to the merciful God will show them mercy. 
those that obtain mercy in their work as a reward for what they're doing have conducted their affairs in the mercy or the compassion of God. But everything you do as an act of service, hidden from the eyes of people unto Jesus Christ in that place that you're working, every single thing will be rewarded. If you're walking across a place and the Holy Spirit ministers to you, it's not part of the line of your duty, pick up that thing and just clean that. It doesn't look nice. Now, it's not part of that. But the Holy Ghost ministers to you and you do it and continue what you're doing. Somebody is going to look into your life one day and your situation. And it is not really his business to intervene, but he's going to stand up and intervene on your behalf. But if you're making confessions about progress, but these kinds of acts of compassion are absent in your life, then you understand what James is saying, that faith without works is dead. In other words, he talked about Rahab the harlot. What did Rahab do? That's it. An act of mercy. This kindness that she showed to the spies, risking her life, is what was rewarded. So let's look at all right, none of him that runneth of him that will let of God that showeth mercy. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 30 here. Now, here is someone that was running, willing, doing all kinds of things. Now, I want to see the effect of mercy and what it does. For thus hear the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and in rest shall you be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength, but you will not. But she said, No, we'll flee upon horses, therefore, ye, therefore shall you flee. We'll ride upon the swift, therefore shall they that pursue you be swift. One thousand shall flee at the rebuke of one, at the rebuke of five shall you flee until you be left as a beacon on the top of a mountain, as an ensign upon a hill. Therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. So you're running around trying. He says, Look, if the Father and Creator of all things doesn't open His hand in your direction. You cannot receive anything. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 30 here. Now, here is someone that was running, willing, doing all kinds of things. Now, I want to see the effect of mercy and what it does. For thus hear the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and in rest shall you be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength, but you will not. But she said, No, we'll flee upon horses, therefore, ye, therefore shall you flee. We'll ride upon the swift, therefore shall they that pursue you be swift. 
1,000 shall flee at the rebuke of one, at the rebuke of five shall you flee until you be left as a beacon on the top of a mountain, as an ensign upon a hill. Therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. So you're running around trying. He says, look, if the Father and Creator of all things doesn't open his hand in your direction, you cannot receive anything. If, as the Jews say, Hashem, his present, doesn't go with you, you won't succeed at the thing that you've laid your hands upon. What opens the door when God breathed into man the breath of life? He placed his spirit, which meant man's spirit entered into him. And the way the spirit is opened up as a channel through which God can enter into the affairs of that man is through acts of kindness on this earth. When you are kind in your dealings with people, in that field in which you labor, which means you are thoughtful about people. You are compassionate. There is empathy. You consider the people that you are giving this product and service to. And you are not doing it out of selfishness. But you consider those people. This is where the miracle lies. This is where the growth lies. That's why Joseph, as he was working with competence, it was an act of kindness that he showed to the chief butler that actually, because he wasn't part of his own line of duty, so look at them and say, why are you so cast down? He, he, this, this, is, this means that he, he was interacting with people with compassion. Now, this is the secret to it. Which means, do it with all of your heart means, put your soul into what you're doing. Put empathy and love into what you're doing. God in heaven will reward you. So, it says this. Now, look at what the servant said. And he said, let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, I let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink, and she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camels to drink also. Let the same be she that, has, that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, thereby I shall know that thou hast shown kindness to my master. What was he looking for in that woman? An attribute called kindness, which means went an extra mile and did something sacrificial. What he asked for was, listen, this was condition. Just give me water to drink. And whoever, after I've given water, considers the animals, that's the camels. He said, that's the kind of person we want to bring into the lineage of Abraham. That's the kind of person that will promote wealth. We've got to think deeply about this. That's the kind, that's the quality that we're looking for. And so it's about these acts of kindness. 
So what happened on? It came to pass that as he was done speaking, behold, Rebecca came out. So immediately Rebecca just showed up. And she was the right person. Was born to Bethuel, the son of Mal Malka, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon a virgin and never had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled the pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hasted and laid down the pitcher. And when she had given him to drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher. So she did that out of kindness for all thy camels. And the man wondering at her held his peace to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or, more, or not. Because there was still one more condition. She had to come from the house that Abraham was talking about and be willing also to come. So the first stage had been passed. So he was observing. And it came to pass as the camels had done drinking that the man took the gold ring and gave her that. And said, Whose daughter art thou, I pray thee? Is there room in their father's house for us to lodge in? And she said, I'm the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Mil Milka, uh, and, and which, uh, which she bare unto Nahor. She said, Moreover, we have straw provender enough and room to lodge in. The man bowed his head and worshipped the Lord, conditions fulfilled. And he said, Blessed be the Lord of my master Abraham, who has not left destitute my master of his mercy, that's the point, and truth. I being in the way, my Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. In other words, he says, what just happened here was a manifestation of God's mercy. All the drama that happened here was the manifestation of God's mercy. In other words, the divine coincidence, Rebecca coming out. Rebecca demonstrating kindness. So it's just like somebody says the effect of mercy we could say. Let's say somebody was driving, their car broke down. And it was night time. And then somebody just came out, all right, from that particular village, let's assume it's a village, with the exact same type of car model. And this is some remote village somewhere. And when he comes out, he packs, says, what's the problem? He says, where's my car? Oh, he said, we have the jack here. Fixes everything. And you ask that person what happened. He says, well, you know, I decided to go. I just decided about an hour ago to turn in here because, you know, there was a relative of mine. And you see that God's hand. Now, this says when you start doing your work in a certain way in that place, the hand of God, uh, the quote-unquote, the Rebecca's will show up by chance but as programmed by the mercy of god which is your reward a divine relationship is formed in that place as a reward of mercy divine connections has made now you hold a conversation with the chap you exchange cards only for you to discover later on that there was something you were pursuing in your business that that person actually all right is connected directly to that thing and you aren't even thinking that the person has raised it in a conversation and then you see the hand of god that you mean this flat tire was all designed for all this and you leave that place saying god i have obtained
obtained your mercy this day. He says, don't worry about it. That facility is granted unto you. And you are almost in tears. That I was almost complaining about the flat tire. That where are you, God? And all of this happened. That's the mercy of God that shows up. It says to you that in the course of you doing your work in wherever you are, if you do it in a certain way with all of your heart as unto the Lord, it says you will have this kind of encounters. This is what we're saying. As the mercy of God is bestowed upon you as the reward for your labor. So the problem really is our attitude to work. I wrote this here. Because of our estimate of the value of what we are doing. People are slothful about work because they think that it's only based on the value of their work is the salary they're going to earn from somebody. So you place them in a place where nothing seems to be working. It's not a rich organization. They don't have connections. And they look at it and they treat that work with disdain. Because somebody else has said, what is this among so many and hissed? And said, what are you doing there? He said, well, I just opened doors for people. Now, but if you do it, I said this, I went to eat somewhere in Lagos and I was with an old friend who is a ranking person in an oil company in this city. A ranking person who can decide to employ people and build a career for them in that industry. And while we're there chatting and we're eating, and this happened maybe about 10 years ago, He said, uh, the, the waiter came up and he was cheerful and was doing it and attention to detail. And at the end, I said, I like this guy's spirit. And we started talking about it. So I said, what's your edu uh, um, educational background? What are the qualifications you have? He was a graduate. And he wasn't disgruntled. I mean, how much money were they paying him? He wasn't disgruntled about the way. The spirit to which he was doing that particular thing was, was with the whole of his heart. So I turned to this friend of mine who had, you know, said to me that, you know, you know, I've been trying, you that I've been trying to say, well, how can I, if there's anything you need, you know, and I said, all right, you know what, can, can you help me do something? He said, what? I said, this chap, if there's ever an opening in your organization, can you help me employ this person? He said, no problem. He brought the card out, gave that person, here's the number you should call, and said, what's your own card? Now, there's no way in the world he would have had that kind of relationship formed if it was running around, but in that particular place, because we both decided to come and eat there, and it so happened, he would have left that place and said, I obtained mercy in this place. And God stretched out his hand to meet with me in this place. Now we are saying, if you do your work in a certain way, these are the kinds of encounters you will have repeatedly that will open up doors for you. And you'll move from one level of glory to another level of glory. And it tells you your reward will be that eternal inheritance. So what happens is, Romans chapter 9 and verse 16, that says, It's not of him that runneth, of him that willeth, but of God that showeth mercy. 
So this person had been making phone calls to try to get his tire gets flat. He meets with somebody in some remote village, and that is the person that opens up the door for the facility he had been looking for. You know what he's going to say? He'll say it's not of him that runneth, of him that willeth, but it's of God that showeth mercy. But that thing that happened to him did not come from the blue. It came because that person one day in some minute way in the course of his duty demonstrated to somebody else who was in need a fraction of what they just obtained. That's what you need to know. I said that encounter did not come from the blue. That favor he found did not come from the blue. It came as a result of something that that person, for the Bible says, to the merciful God will show them mercy. Those that obtain mercy in their work, as a reward for what they're doing, have conducted their affairs in the mercy or the compassion of God. But everything you do, as an act of service, hidden from the eyes of people unto Jesus Christ in that place that you're working, every single thing will be rewarded. If you're walking across a place and the Holy Spirit ministers to you, it's not part of the line of your duty, pick up that thing and just clean that. It doesn't look nice. Now, it's not part of it, but the Holy Ghost ministers to you and you do it and continue what you're doing. Somebody is going to look into your life one day and your situation. And it is not really his business to intervene, but he's going to stand up and intervene on your behalf. But if you're making confessions about progress, but these kinds of acts of compassion are absent in your life, then you understand what James is saying, that faith without works is dead. In other words, he talked about Rahab the harlot. What did Rahab do? That's it. An act of mercy. This kindness that she showed to the spies, risking her life, is what was rewarded. So he says, he waits that he may be gracious unto thee. He is exalted that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are they that wait for him. So in other words, there are people that are waiting for the mercy of God. They know that God is a God of judgment. So, instead of running around, they are rendering the service where they are in a certain way. Rendering the service they have in a certain way. Knowing that there is a God of judgment who will bestow mercy upon them. And it will be clear that it's not of him that runneth or willeth, but God that showeth mercy. A door will be opened up unto them. It says, For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. He shall be very gracious unto thee at the voice of thy cry. When he shall hear thee, he will answer thee. Which means, this mercy you are now crying for. As you are going about your work in a certain way and you are crying for mercy, he says, let me tell you what this thing will be. One dimension of it. Though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore. Thine eyes shall see thy teachers and your ears shall hear the word behind thee say, this is the way to go, walk ye in it. So one of the major things that is going to happen 
is that God is going to raise, cause you to see people and things, books, that will start giving you knowledge. You will start getting taught. Your eyes will be opened up by the mercy of God. Remember he says, our eyes wait upon thee until you have mercy. One of the things your eyes will receive as the reward of mercy is your eyes will see your teachers. And you will hear a word behind this say, this is the way to go, walk ye in it. Hear this? In Proverbs, something about teachers and labor. It says, Proverbs 5 7. Now, the effect of teachers on your labor. Hear me now, therefore, ye children, depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way far from her, and come not nigh to the door of her house. Lest thou give thy honor unto others, and their years to the cruel. Lest strangers be filled with your wealth, and your labors be in a house of strangers. And thou mourn at last, when thy flesh and thy body are consumed, which means you get old, and you look back of your labor, and nothing is in your house to show how much you have labored. He says you will mourn when your flesh and body is consumed. And say how I hated instruction. I was without instruction. And my heart despised reproof. And I did not obey the voice of my teachers, nor incline my ear unto those that instructed me. In other words, what God begins, says you are eating the bread of adversity, we want to change it. Your eyes, you are there, you are struggling. It says you are doing it in a certain way, but it's bread of adversity. It's water of affliction there. It says, but the first thing is your eyes will begin to see your teachers. People will begin to come into your life to give you information, to teach, to instruct you. Knowledge will begin to come. Books, you start finding books that will give you valuable information. You can transform your entire life by reading just the right book. Not just any book, but the right book. Transform your entire life. Reading the right book. Books start coming your way. Your eyes get opened up. And then it tells us what the effect of this will be in Isaiah. It says in Isaiah 30, all right, it says, Your teacher will be right there, local and on the job, urging you on whenever you want to wander left or right. There's a right road, walk on it. You'll scrub your expensive, fashionable God images. You will throw them into the thrash as good radiance. God will provide rain for the seeds you sow. The grain that grows will be abundant and your cattle will range far and wide. What, what was the difference between adversity and you eating the bread of the increase of the earth and everything is far and wide you got instruction. 
In other words, you are laboring, but you are blinded to certain strategic information. So part of the reward of this inheritance is not just that they increased your salary, but valuable information. That's the true riches. He said, I wisdom are more valuable than anything, ruby, silver, gold. The true riches is wisdom and knowledge. And I will reward you with wisdom and knowledge. That's the true riches. You will have insight to everything and your life will be changed. So you are laboring without strategic information. One of the things God brings to you is strategic information in that which you are doing. And that's one of the effects of God's mercy upon your life. And that very little thing, so it doesn't matter what you're doing, you did it in a certain way. What really will change the game is not what any man gives to you there, but the starting point, the information you start getting from the Spirit of God as he interprets data and brings people into your environment. And then they will teach you things and show you things, secrets on this earth. We're going to stop there because of time. It's gone 46 minutes. And I just want to pray that prayer of God's mercy upon you. And just ask for this one thing. Father, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice. I ask in the name of Jesus Christ that as they have labored, and sown quality seeds into the lives of people, rendering service unto them. I ask that you cause your mercy to rest upon them by opening up the eyes of their hearts such that they find the relevant and strategic information that will enter into their souls, that will transform their entire life. As rain falling down from heaven, so shall that knowledge be to their souls and their cattle and the results of their work will be far and wide in jesus name amen thank you for listening to today's podcast to listen to the full message or any other message please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org for any inquiries please call 0818 600 0082 god bless you